With the explosion of the psychedelic renaissance, there's a lot of misinformation going around and there's a lot of profiteering happening. And all of this is leading a lot of people into psychedelic experiences that are at best not helpful and at worst deeply traumatizing on their own. And so what I wanted to make clear in, in coming full circle is what real help looks like. And unfortunately, with the psychedelic renaissance, there's an explosion of people who have had some psychedelic experiences. All of a sudden, they've got this new purpose in life, and they're out there offering guide services, and they're doing a lot of damage. They just they haven't done real deep work within themselves. They don't have the proper training to work with people with trauma because it's such a sensitive, delicate thing. And so I talk a lot about that in the book. I talk about how do I identify someone who's actually even qualified to offer these services? Because, you know, a, a guided psychedelic session, especially for working with deep trauma, is professionally held. Everything that I've done has been in the underground, has been with therapists working with people, but off the radar to help them get the help that they need. And so it's in a large, comfortable room. It's very private. It's very sound uh, isolated. So you can be as loud as you need to be. It's on a big soft mat on the floor. It's not in a chair or on a sofa. You've got room to move if you need to. And really it's all about allowing yourself to unwind deep emotional wounding. And that's really the, the magic that psychedelics can bring. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations. Today, we have Shannon Duncan in the house. Welcome. So amazing to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. For the context, I would like to say a few words about your background and your bio for our listeners. Um, Shannon Duncan, you're the author of The Coming Full Circle, Healing Trauma Using Psychedelics and Present Moment Awareness. A simple step-by-step -step guide to living in the now. Yep. This is exciting. And um, I've been really looking forward to our conversation to learn more. Before we begin, uh, what brings you to this work? Or what what was the a bit of, bit of your background and history? What brings you to this space to write this book? Um, sure. You know, I had had uh, many years of struggling with treatment-resistant trauma. Um, with the intensive side effects that can come with it, you know, with all the problems and that it can cause in a person's life. And it was when I was introduced to a professionally guided um, psychedelic session that I first had the experience where I knew that these things in me could heal. Um, you know, all manner of approaching it through therapy and hypnotherapy and meditation and mindfulness. And those all had great benefits. And I learned a lot, but nothing was getting into the core of these emotional wounds that I was trying to heal until I found properly guided um, psychedelic support 
to, to help me really get in there. And so uh, in the book, Coming Full Circle, I'm writing about my experiences of going through it. So it's part memoir, but it's also a guidebook. So anybody who's interested in this could read it and have a better understanding of realistically what this kind of healing looks like. That's so wonderful. Thank you for doing this. I think it's so precious and it's really important, especially now that we are kind of expanding in this space of psychedelics and also learning more as the research and studies are picking up. And we have, you know, so many angles we can look at this work through. Uh, one of which has been in my radar is a therapeutic and the medical model. So I'm really interested in your experience when you say a proper guided, you know, therapeutic um, space holding. What does that look like for our listeners? If 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 it's this, if this is the first time they ever heard this, for example. Sure, you know, um, with the explosion of the psychedelic renaissance. Um, there's a lot of misinformation going around and there's a lot of profiteering happening. And all of this is leading a lot of people into psychedelic experiences that are at best not helpful and at worst deeply traumatizing on their own. And so what I wanted to make clear in, in coming full circle is what real help looks like. We have some clinical models that are legally sanctioned when we're doing clinical testing. And, and, you know, to be fair, it's got to start somewhere. But the therapists that participate in those in the United States, in Australia, in Canada, everyone I've spoken to, their hands are so shackled by red tape created by people that have no understanding of the psychedelic healing process that the, the benefit they can offer is drastically reduced. So that leaves you, if you want to have a deep, real experience of psychedelic, that leaves you dealing with the underground, where it's always been. And unfortunately, with the psychedelic renaissance, there's an explosion of people who have had some psychedelic experiences. All of a sudden, they've got this new purpose in life, and they're out there offering guide services, and they're doing a lot of damage. They just, they haven't done real deep work within themselves. They haven't, they don't have the proper training to work with people uh, with trauma because it's such a sensitive, delicate thing. And so I talk a lot about that in the book. I talk about how do I identify someone who's actually even qualified to offer these services? Because, you know, a lot of times you see somebody with a suitable spiritual guru kind of an air to them, and they say that they do this, and that's that's just good enough for some people until they find out after it's too late that this person has no idea what they're doing. So, you know, a, a guided psychedelic session, especially for working with deep trauma, is uh, professionally held. Everything that I've done has been in the underground, has been with uh, therapists working with people, but off the radar to help them get the help that they need. And so it's in a large, comfortable room. It's very private. It's very sound uh, isolated. So you can be as loud as you need to be. It's on a big soft mat on the floor. It's not in a chair or on a sofa. You've got room to move if you need to. And really it's all about allowing yourself to unwind deep emotional wounding. And that's really the, the magic that psychedelics can bring. This is so valuable. I'm so happy that you're speaking to this. Um, the trauma-informed version, or at least trauma-informed angle into uh, this work. What could you say to us, uh, to our listeners especially? Because in my understanding, these medicines are extremely 
intelligent in the way they bring up the suppressed material, the wounding, the early attachment injuries, all yeah. this stuff that that usually on a day-to-day day living, we do not ever uh, pause, pause to reflect on. So could you speak to that? I mean, if there's anything that you, you, you think it would be valuable. Um, well, trauma-informed, the, the person who's serving as a guide for this kind of work needs to be deeply educated in trauma. But just as importantly, they need to have done their own deep work because you just you, you cannot hold an authentic space for somebody at a level deeper than you've gone to in yourself, right? It's just therapists kind of get away from get away with that all the time because you're not as sensitive when you're in everyday therapy but when you're on psychedelics you can tell when somebody pulls back you can tell when their tone shifts even just this it's it's crazy how much more sensitive those antennae are and so it's really it's just it's part of why it's so important that this person is preferably an actual licensed therapist, somebody who's gone through intensive training around trauma. They've done a lot of work outside of psychedelics with trauma. They've done their own deep work. And then they can bring all that experience and understanding into this very delicate session with somebody working with psychedelics. Yeah, this is great. This is such a great insight. Um, Do you also believe that psychedelics always bring up trauma? Because some people want to just immerse in it for... Um, you know, for biohacking, amplifying yeah. their energy and focus and things like that. How do you feel about those? So that's one of the things that I bring up early in the book is what most people relate to or what they think of when they think of doing psychedelics or what I call recreational, which is when you do them for fun, you're at a music festival, you're camping with friends, whatever. And that's those are beautiful experiences and a lot of cool insights can come up. A lot of personal growth can come up. And then there's expansive use, which is for expanding into something larger than yourself and you see yourself from a different perspective it can you can get a a, a new point of view on things in your life where you're stuck and this is 99% of the time when somebody's talking about healing with psychedelics this is what they're talking about but when you're in those experiences, the same controls that keep you out of the, the painful emotions, the scary emotions are just as in, to, as in place as they always are. And so what I bring up in the book is what I call medicine work. And medicine work is about setting clear intentions and going into those painful places, going into those scary places. You and your guide that you're working with both have this intention that you're setting a safe space where you can let this stuff out so it can be unwound and released. And that's what the healing really is. And so medicine work is really the trick. But unfortunately, I mean, so many of these self-proclaimed guides I've met don't even know that that other way of working with a medicine exists. And so people get a, a... just a pale imitation of what they could have gotten with qualified help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I know from you know my experience and also observing and talking to lots of people, sometimes people can come into space wanting to explore and experience the biohacking aspects of it, you know, increasing focus energy and all those amazing stuff. And then suddenly they hit something really deep. And they're mm-hmm. they're thrown off. Um, so those are the kind of experiences that I'm always hearing from people. And then they call it a bad trip, or or the medicine wasn't um, pure, or there it was compromised. Like there's you can just imagine how noisy it is out there right now. 
Well, what people call a bad trip is when you've accidentally slid into a medicine workspace. You're starting to move emotions that are scary or intense, and it's it's labeled as bad because the person doesn't have the mindset or the support to hold a good space for that. They could do some deep healing right then, um, but they weren't ready for it. Maybe they're at a noisy concert or something, and so, you know, it's just... It's, it becomes a brutalizing experience rather than a healing experience. But in medicine work, those same feelings that come up that get labeled as the start of a bad trip are actually the pay dirt we're looking for because those are the gateways to go in and go deeper. That's where the real healing happens. But when you're prepared for it and when you've got a professional there holding a space for it, it's safe and it's easy and you just breathe it through and you're not resisting or trying to get rid of anything, but allowing it to flow. And that's where the magic of healing really starts to happen. Yeah. I like your description about they probably, the bad trip could be just someone hitting the medicine work, hitting much deeper layer of, of, of their, you know, um, suppressed or held trauma within themselves that, it could, could be, yeah, it could be any number of things, but it always has something to do with unlocking levels of emotionality that's normally locked away. You know, they slip past the gatekeeper unintentionally and they were unprepared for the intensity of what came up. And that's, um, it's, it's really, it's an opportunity to heal, but if you're not in a time and place to do it, then the, then the sage wisdom is always to remind yourself you're on a drug, it's going to wear off, and you just keep breathing and relaxing. Don't freak out. <laughs> Don't run amok causing problems and drawing attention to yourself. You just find a safe place and you deep breathe and you relax. And that's what you do when you can't process and heal. But that's that's really the gateway to go in and go deep. And so when I work with, I, I tell you, I've been I've been doing deep medicine work professionally guided for four and a half years, almost monthly. And even now, every time I'm shaking when it's time to go in because my body knows I'm going into stuff that it is fighting tooth and nail to keep me out of. It feels too dangerous to feel those feelings. And every time I surrender into it and I trust my guide and I trust the process and every time a deep healing happens. And that's, that's really the beauty of this kind of work. And it's that's why I wrote this book so that could, people could understand that it exists and real help exists. Uh, because far too often people go out and have one psychedelic experience and they never go back again. They don't go back to see what's possible. And it's almost always because it was improperly held. This is so helpful. Yeah. This is exactly the, the conversation we need to be having right now. It is. Yes. This the idea of having one session and then working through everything is insane right now. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation. There are a lot of influencers popping up, you know, trying to get likes. And so they're just pushing this magical idea of healing with psychedelics. And they have they've never done it themselves. They have no idea of how it actually works. And it's um, the the misinformation and this these um, fairy tales about how it works and how it's really beneficial are kind of taking over the narrative because it's easier to swallow than the idea that you might have to do some hard work and face some difficult things. But for somebody who's driven to truly heal, as I was, I mean, I was I was in and out of suicidal despair at the point where I started this process, and instantly the trajectory of my life changed forever. 
I knew I could heal. I had hope that I hadn't had in decades. And that's, that's what I really want to share is, is that there is hope. And there is, is if, if it's your intention to heal, even if you have to be uncomfortable in the process, I believe you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I guess coming from a really mature and grounded approach rather than seeking another you know, quick fix, but really coming in. Yeah. Coming Mm -hmm. in and understanding that this may be a long-term commitment, devotion, consistency, all of these things that nobody really wants to consider, right? Because most people, we've just, we've become this society like driven to quick fix, one-time experiences, right? Yeah. It's, um, as compared to talk therapy, the benefits I have witnessed people seeing and the benefits I've witnessed in myself come much, much faster. And some people get everything they need out of three or six or 10 sessions. For me, and you know, things that happen later in life, like uh, 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 soldiers who are traumatized during war and they come back with PTSD, some of those guys are getting everything they need out of a handful of sessions. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. I, I, I'm connected with some groups that work with Ibogaine, with, the, with the, the soldiers, and they know how this really works. And they've got real support for those people. And they they come through it and they just shine. And it's, um, it's, it's just beautiful how it can work and how it can truly help. And, you know, my own traumas were very early life when they started. And it was, you know, emotional abuse, psychological abuse. There was some sexual abuse in there that I didn't even know about until deep into my my own psychedelic healing process. It didn't it didn't start coming out until then. I couldn't even remember it until then. Um, but when it's early life like that, and when the trauma is really intense, then it just takes longer. It takes as long as it takes. But every step of the way brings relief and brings more hope and brings more love of life which i never had before and it's incredible yeah i love these insights yep as long as it takes as long as it takes i mean you're going to be moving through this life anyway and then you can be working towards something better or you can sit around waiting for a magic bullet that will never come and it's just dedicate yourself to the process and learn how it really works and learn some of your own psychology so you know how to navigate these things and go for it. If it's safe for you, you do your homework. And if it's safe for you and it's the right approach for you, then just just go for it. Yeah. And I like the distinction about, you know, yes, there's talk therapy can be long haul process, you know, and then you have psychedelic medicines within the right context, container, intention, you know, holding. I guess it's a much quicker. Nevertheless, it's, it's quicker, it of course. Be. It can be. Um, So we need to be very careful with our words. Um, I would like to touch back on the the, uh, treatment resistance, resistant trauma, Shannon, if that's okay. For our listeners, what does that mean? Well, you know, for some people, when they've been through a traumatic event, especially if they can get to it sooner rather than later, they can often, you know, back up just a little bit. A traumatic event is when you've gone through something and your emotions were so intense, so overwhelming that your your psyche, your body labeled them as dangerous. 
Like, I'm going to die if I have to keep feeling this. And that's outside of the actual scary thing you were in, right? It's somebody who was sexually assaulted, somebody who watched their best friends getting blown up in war. There's those emotions that came up, they get locked away. And sometimes in traditional therapy, you can get in and you can get those things to flow and you can allow the natural process of the emotion to complete. And that is what emotional healing is, right? You're not locking down and preventing yourself from feeling something anymore. Um, and you're not, you're not unconsciously setting up all these defense mechanisms to keep your life from triggering those and having to, you know what I mean? So that that's the freedom that comes. Treatment-resistant trauma is when the defenses around them are so potent that traditional approaches don't allow you to get in there and allow it to express, allow it to unwind. And that's where psychedelic medicines can come in. Something like an, an intactogen like or an empathogen like uh, MDMA. If you've never done it, it just opens this blissful, safe feeling and you can have a conversation with your therapist that just allows these things to flow out. Um, at other times you got to approach it with different medicines. So maybe one time you work with MDMA another time you're working with 5-MeO-DMT or mushrooms or ketamine, lots of different medicines and they all resonate a little different. They all, you know, they're all keys that fit a little different lock and, um, they, they allow you to get into, or they allow you to get past defenses that would otherwise just be too, too strong to get around. I, uh, in the book, I use the example of my trying to get into the core wounding that was holding my life back was like trying to get into a bank vault with sandpaper, right? It was just never going to happen. But then, you know, once we started bringing in these psychedelics and I saw how different they were from using them recreationally or expansively, it was like, you know, having heavy machinery equipment that could help me get in there. And it's, 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 it's the best thing I've ever done with my life. Does that work? Yeah, Absolutely. I feel like my description would be a, a, a shell around us that is like the, the resistance uh, to to feeling uh, protection. The shell, the protection is so strong that it's so hard to crack it so that we can get in there and, and yeah. feel and release and restore what needs to be done. Um, I guess what the psychedelics do to help us kind of get in there in a way that we couldn't have done without or even through talking about it we can't because it's dissociated parts right it's not mm -hmm. available to yeah. us even to that's why one of my fascination is how in talk therapy uh you're only relying on another qualified hopefully professional that is trying to ex you know extract things through a, another human's mind just an attempt yeah. and and it's not often the the most ideal way of doing this. Um, yes, talking about different medicines, um, I also believe they are. Um, I call them that they are. Imagine them different doors that take you to the same place, but they have a different way of taking you. Yeah, it, it's a bit like that, you know, MDMA yeah, exactly. compared. To, yeah, right. So. How do you feel about people saying, oh, you should always start with this medicine and then go with this one? There's like hierarchical or somehow people have decided that there should be one, two, three steps. Start with this second in terms of their strength. What are your thoughts on that? No, <laughs> um, I, I don't agree with that. It's um, I mean, there, there are there are some standards. 
you know, so for the average average Joe off the street, starting with MDMA, getting them experienced in altered states of consciousness, maybe moving on to lighter doses of, of mushrooms. And then from there, you could move into some 5-MeO-DMT. Um, but the, it's, I just don't think it's cookie cutter because everyone is wound, wound together in their own unique fingerprint. And what it's going to take to get that to open is unique to each person. And, you know, people have varying degrees of levels of self-honesty, you know, what they're going to be willing to let themselves see. They have varying varying degrees of willingness to face uncomfortable emotions and the ability to hold them and work with them. Um, There's a lot. It's unique to each person. That's where a really good guide would be. But for someone with no experience whatsoever in, in psychedelics, um, I recently heard about um, in Canada, they were doing um, low-dose ketamine in a traditional therapeutic setting. And, and I'll just be upfront that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty profoundly against using ketamine for symptom management. You know, the IV clinics where you go in and you get a drip fee and you got to come back once a month to keep the benefits. You're just using them like antidepressants at that point, but potentially very addictive antidepressants. It's it's not good. And send home ketamine in any form of psychedelic telemedicine, I think is just criminal. And the people doing send home ketamine are, uh, they're probably going to face the same kind of music that the, uh, the pill doctors sending out all the opioids did, you know, they're, they're, they're driving for profit with no care for what it does to these people. But low dose ketamine in a therapeutic setting can really help somebody to open up and start experiencing their own inner world, start experiencing how their psychology actually functions and what it's like to observe emotion instead of being embodied by them, taken over by them. And then that could move into real medicine work very smoothly. They would come in really well prepared for that. And I'm I'm liking that model a lot. But if that's not available, then working with MDMA first, opening things up and then moving into others is uh, is a great way to go. I, I frequently work with a wide range of different medicines and I actually layer them. A lot of a lot of my sessions, I'll either have a ketamine base or a GHB base. And that really allows me to relax and open. And then I'll take with that mushrooms or I'll take with that 3MMC or MDMA. And it's just a whole different medicine experience than um not not for the not for the uh, faint of heart, <laughs> but it's a it's a it's a whole different medicine experience and really potent way to work. Yeah. Yeah. Again, great wisdom. Um, how do you feel about people? I know you already said some, uh, your, your insights, but, um, doing psychedelics on their own. Um, well, I, I, I worked with psychedelics quite a bit, um, before both recreationally and expansively. I was as somebody who grew up with heavy dissociation for me, psychedelics let me start knowing myself. And I was fascinated. I was always so eager, whatever insights about me that I and how I function and what I'm missing is powerful. I was, I was in my God, it was my late 20s or early 30s. And I was taking a walk with a friend and we were on MDMA. And I had the first experience that I had any memory of in my entire life of feeling love and approval for myself. I I never knew that people could feel that way about themselves until all of a sudden I had this warmth towards me. And that was working solo. That was a profound moment of insight and new awareness that 
changed the arc of my life from that point forward. Um, but that was only splashing in the shallow end of the pool compared to what's possible working in a professionally guided medicine work session. There it would have gone into why I didn't feel that way about myself. And I would have gone in layer by layer by layer by layer understanding what had brought me to this point. And that's that's the real beauty of it. And so people working solo, you you can but you need to realize that if you're cracking into old traumas, it can get it can get intense in a really big hurry. And that's why having a proper support or at least a really good sitter that knows not to play therapist there to help remind you to breathe if you start, you know, getting a little wound up, just help you stay in your body. Doing it truly solo, you you might get in over your head pretty quick, if especially if you're bringing in the intention to open these deep wounded places, because it's when you do, you go back there, you you go back and you re-experience the intensity of the emotion. And it's not any easier the second time around or the 10th time around. It's, it's, um, so my recommendation is to have good support or at least a really good sitter. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great advice. So from, again, my observations, what I see is if someone has strong tendencies to bypass or dissociate or or have these, you know, a, a maladaptations where they were, I don't want to call out some names and labels, but if they have more kind of grandiose character in that's their way of coping in the world. Yeah. Do you believe the medicine amplifies that? Because we see, right? We see that with one session. I've also had people emailing me lately, actually, saying that they had their first DMT experience. Now they feel like they are God. Yeah, I've watched I've watched that happen actually with actual grandiose uh, personality types. That's you know that's that's a that's a defense mechanism and adaptation that they learn to help them stay safe in the world, right? And I watched 5-MeO-DMT really exacerbate that. And that's why it's usually recommended for that personality type to start with something more like MDMA or mushrooms. Mushrooms don't let you lie. <laughs> mushrooms don't let you fool yourself. They they get in there, especially if you come in with a really clear intention to heal. They don't, they don't mess around and they, they don't let you fool yourself. 5-MeO-DMT is a beautiful medicine. And I work with it almost every session as I'm, you know, whatever I've taken before, as I'm coming down from it and I'm starting to get clear headed again, I'll usually work with some vaporized 5-MeO-DMT and it just really lets loose the floodgates. It just, it's, it's always a huge energetic release, a lot of purging. And if I'd never had to purge again, that'd be great. <laughs> it's always a lot of purging. Um, and so I've not had the the grandiosity effect. I've had the deeply humbling effect from 5-MeO-DMT, but I've seen exactly what you're describing. And so that's that's kind of the whole thing. You can't have a template for what medicines to take in what order because everybody's different. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, we're not calling people out. We're just acknowledging that these were self-defense mechanisms right psychologically they yeah. built these mechanisms to to survive in the world yeah so, well um, it's, it's yeah, it, yeah the, to, just to be clear it's it's not about 
saying that somebody with that style of defense mechanism is wrong. It's just that that's not the medicine to help them get where they're trying to go. It can help them hide. It can help them create a bypass rather than helping them to open and to heal. And the mind, that same mind that created those defenses to protect you from those emotions in the first place will take any opportunity to keep doing so. And so it's, you need to be matched with the right medicines. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I'm really with you when you say you need to have a, a great uh, trip sitter who could just know how to take care of your body. You just need, or if you're lucky enough to find a good therapist who have been working with these medicines and have done their own in the process, I think that's a, it's a gift for, for anyone who comes to this medicine. Yeah. Um, because we have this incredible self-deceived ways of like bypassing, um, I always give the example of, you know, the movie Limitless? Oh yeah. Right? The 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 hero of the of the movie gets the pill, gets, you know, amplified in, in his gift and seeing and expansion and consciousness. So does the gangster on the street, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. So that's why I think it's really great to point out to our listeners that the psychedelic medicines, if not used in the right way, can also amplify the stuff that we don't want more of. That's really the value of working with a good therapist leading up to working with psychedelics is because especially someone, I'm I'm actually giving a um, a talk in a couple of days to a, a group of therapists who want to be integration and preparatory therapists. And we're going to talk about, you know, setting somebody up to have very clear intentions about what it is they're trying to do with the psychedelic healing work. Because if you're really clear, if you're locked in on the visceral sense in your body of the healing that's calling to happen, then you'll more than likely follow that in the session. But if you come in and it's kind of loose your normal defense mechanisms will take over and then you're going to end up just doing more of what you've always done, just bigger. <laughs> and so it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you. Yeah. What about these projections, transference, counter-transference in this space? How do we talk about these? These are really sensitive things to move through. In those you mean, spaces. you mean in relationship to their guide? Yeah. During the, yeah, it's, um, it is, Working with a real guide. So my first guide, I've had two primaries. I've worked with quite a few, but I've had two primary guides that I worked with over over two years each. And my first was not a, a licensed therapist, but he was, you know, highly trained. He went through a specialized program to be a guide. He had done a lot of his own deep work. And it wasn't until the psych the, the sexual trauma stuff started coming up that we realized that we were out of his depth and I could really feel it in the sessions. Right. Um, but outside of that, the, yeah, all the, all the same things can happen in, in, in psychedelic therapy that they do in, in traditional therapy with projection, um, reading into things. It's, it's, it's so incredibly intimate and it's, I mean, it's, if, if talk therapy is a, is a, you know, on the volume knob is a five, Real psychedelic therapy is closer to a thousand. It's just you're so vulnerable and so open if you're if you're if you're actually processing. And so you can be influenced, you can be exploited, you can um get tangled up emotionally. 
Um, sometimes sexual abuses do happen. There was just uh, there was just a news article about some guy in Canada that's being prosecuted, rightfully prosecuted for that. Um, that's that's why having somebody who's had actual psychedelic or psychedelics um, therapeutic training, somebody who's an actual um, an actual therapist or an actual doctor on top of being deeply experienced with psychedelics is so much more powerful than working with someone who's playing at being a therapist and doesn't know the warning signs of projections coming into play or this person forming unhealthy bonds with them or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite one is, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, somat psychedelic somatics, uh, Saj uh, Razvi, he talks a lot about the projections and the counter, counter, you know, transference and transference. And he always talks about how to contain it when the person is going through their own. And then suddenly the therapist in the room or the guide or the trip sitter becomes this problem person that they experienced in their past. So yes. then how do we contain that and how do we not? lose our own center you know let's say for a point of of you of you from a perspective of a, a therapist for example i can just imagine um newly upcoming you know therapist needing to go into the space because it's you know it's happening and it's very uh trendy now and 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 yet they're all coming forward so like this would be my only thing about it is not always going to be love and joyful and emotionally, you know, great no. connection. You you might have to sit there and contain being someone's horrible, unavailable mother, emotionally unavailable mother, and you have to sit there three hours being in that energy, right? So, so these are the kind of things it, that I'm really passionate yeah, about. It's it's crucial, and that's where the training comes in, right? That's it's not something that. I think a lot of people think that they can fake it till they make it and you can't. And I've, I've watched people really harmed by unqualified guides playing therapist, trying to make diagnoses, trying to give advice, not able to hold the space. Um, with my first guide, you know, when we knew, when I knew that we were kind of running at the end of the rope of what we could do together. And and he's a beautiful human being. I don't want to take anything away from him. He just wasn't qualified to hold space for my kind of trauma. But I shared something that was really powerfully charged with shame for me. And because he hadn't gone that deep in himself, he reacted hard and he tried to hide it, but he went really hard. He went really cold. His face just went blank. His lips were pressed into a thin line. And it was like somebody was standing there kicking me in the gut. It hurt so much. It hurt to feel judged. And that's that's really, and he didn't mean to. And he tried his best to keep his composure, but he was clearly triggered. And he was only triggered because he had never gone that deep in himself before. And that's that's the real threat of unqualified guides, of you know people having big experiences at burning man and deciding they're going to hang out their shingle and start being guides it's just it's, it's such a terrible idea it's so negligent and so reckless especially with people process, processing trauma yeah yeah again great insights so this kind of speaks to um understand the process 
of how to know what authentic qualified support looks like. Yeah. Um, right. Have you got any more ideas or you can present some more, uh, um, you know, wisdom on that for our listeners? Yeah, I actually have a whole big chapter in the book about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, it's um, I, I talk a bit about what qualified support should look like. And I po- I pose some ideas for how support should be subdivided because right now you're like a trip sitter or you're a guide, right? And there's there's not a lot of some people call them facilitators, facilitator guide. It's the same same basic thing, but it's just it's two buckets for things that are have a wide variety in what can be offered. And so you know I I proposed having trip sitter at the bottom end and a true medicine guide at the other end. And in between, you have um, people who are facilitators, and they those are like the uh, ayahuasca retreats or the retreats you go do in, in Ecuador in a yurt somewhere. And those are meant to be expansive. They're not meant to go in trauma, but those people are, are trained to handle if anything intense comes up. And then you go into coaches, more life coach kind of work. And that's the that's the expansive use again of going in and is, you know, not not trying to go deep. And then psychedelic guides are where you start getting into working with more emotional material. And then true medicine guides are uh, the ones that are deeply trained and experienced in working with trauma. Yeah, that's very helpful. Well, and we're again, going those to, are, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. We're, we're going to add the link in our show notes about your book, your book and your, your website. Uh, if our Thank listeners you. really feel called to learn more, I think... This is one of those really important books. So I really want to, again, say thank you to you, Shannon. This is really great. Um, it's perfect for our uh, Western model because we are still trying to figure out this space, learn yeah. and educate, and how can we, you know, learn the best practices. I think um, um, so definitely we'll be um, sharing this. And, um, yeah, go ahead. You was going to say something. I forgot already. <laughs> Don't worry. Let's okay. Let's move on. So we talked about the education. The guide is so important. The safe container, all of it. Um, yeah. All checks the box, which is wonderful. And you, uh, you know, personally, uh, what could you share with our listeners? What are you working on? Your projects? What are you offering? You did. You did mention about your talk, upcoming talk. Um, sure. You know, what are the things that you're working on now or developing uh, to further facilitate more of this education? Um, Well, this book just came out in March. So right now, the bulk of my effort is just getting it out there, um, doing doing, uh, great shows like this where people will tune in to learn about working with psychedelics. Um, um, My big hope is to help tone down the, the kind of the rhetoric the 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 fairy tale notions of magic bullets solving problems, um, helping people understand the difference between symptom management with microdosing and symptom management with you know ketamine clinics versus truly actually healing where you don't need to take something ongoing forever, but you actually heal and you operate from a very different place in your life. And that's that's the message I'm trying to get out. And so that's a big part of my push. I'm not really driven to be a part of this scene and I don't really want to be a, an influencer or whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. I just, uh, you know, I want to do my part to help people understand this because I didn't understand it when I came into it and it, it makes all the difference to know. 
and then I, you're honestly, I hope to just kind of go back to my quiet life and my piano practice and, uh, <laughs> and just kind of go back where I was before I was called to write this book. That's amazing. And the, we need more, more of, more of you. I know there are out there and, and they are doing great work and contributions. Yeah. So it kind of, for me, it's, it's so different from those people just coming in and, really want to be the influencer in the space as opposed to those people actually have done so much deep work and they know so much and uh, and sharing it in their own way i think it's so beautiful so this is why we're here this is why this podcast is here yeah, thank yeah. you so um another question that comes to my mind what are your thoughts on the spiritual shamanic approach to to medicine work it's um it's really it's it's a beautiful aspect to working with psychedelics um and i'm i there there was somebody um gosh he's a writer brian something or another he put out a, a um a paper that was getting passed around on social media a bit about how the spiritual aspect is being lost and people are focusing on trauma um but what i saw a lot of in that paper was a spiritual bypass because it's very easy to focus on the spiritual aspects and cling to that as a way to not have to face emotional pain and, and, and fear. Um, and that happens a lot. You see it a lot in spiritual circles in general. Um, you know, the, the people that are really into it and they've got this facade of equanimity and peace and calm. And if you tap on that facade even a little bit they come raging out of there to put you back in your place and it's I've, I've seen it so many times and it's only amplified with um it's only amplified with psychedelics and it's important that you're my perspective you know, let me speak like an expert for everybody but my perspective is that it's, it's it's important to clean house and so you don't have these tightly defended aspects that you have all these defenses that really, really run your life, right? They're, they're there to keep everything in control. So you don't have these running the show while you're trying to pretend like you're being spiritual, but you clean house and then you naturally expand. You naturally become more whole. You can naturally move into a more spiritual place. And that's been my own experience. I, my experience deep into the medicine work was one of coming from a place of being an honestly, an angry atheist kind of rebelling against my family's hypocritical take on Christianity to really having a profound sense of connection to the interwoven fabric of whatever all of this is. And it just, I just, it was the first time I had a felt sense of a place of belonging here as much as anything or anyone else. And for me, that's my spirituality. I don't need to have beliefs around it or sell it to anyone or anything else. It's just what I came to and it came very authentically. And um so yeah, there's the 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 types of ex psychological exploration with psychedelics, we're just scratching the surface, I believe. I think it can go so much deeper. And and in some ways it's going to go so much more shallow with you know the 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 wannabe experts trying to push their agendas and set the policies and whatnot. But it's there's i'm looking forward to more deeper and bigger exploration even in myself yeah so wonderful and aligned i can't contain myself because mm -hmm. in in our communities these are the kind of conversations we're having for me you know how you say 
clean house. You're not going to believe we have another term for that, which is decluttering the basement. Yeah, just like that. Right? Just like that. So as we do that, that, as we do that, we're more accepting, we're more expansive, we're more compassionate, authentic. Yeah. It's such a beautiful process. And and then somebody will come and challenge this idea. Yeah, but what about the spiritual? What about the divine connection? I'm like, well, that's an organic, it's a thing that's happening. We don't need to even focus on that because that's like the byproduct of you decluttering your basement. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is kind of like how I feel. It's yeah, it's it's it it warms my heart to find others that are looking at this in a very holistic and realistic way. So it's nice to meet you. <laughs> and you, I know, I can't contain myself. It's, like I, I yeah, please go ahead. I'm just excited that you're in a group where people are having conversations like this and they're really looking towards authentically blossoming into a whole person rather than trying to jump ahead to being enlightened or, you know, having some attainment to hold up that puts them above others and, you know, all the nonsense that people go through. And it's just, I've, I've been, I've been meeting others doing these podcasts and it's just, it, it really warms my heart because sometimes I despair when I look on LinkedIn or whatever, and I see this stuff that's passing for wisdom and I'm like, Oh, so it's good. It's good. And we just need it. We need to get this message out. Yeah, absolutely. I love the grounded wisdom in yeah. in this space. And uh, yes, we have communities in the UK. We have our own community that are always engaging and we have monthly calls for support. And yeah. as often as possible, the conversations are all about how can we become a better navigator in the physical first? That's the foundation, right? How can we bring healing in between the walls of our own homes and our relationships, you know? You know, something that came to me deep deep in my own work, and I, I, I despise using cliches, <laughs> but that, that, that cliche of be the change you want to see in the world. And with psychedelic healing, that is, that could be the motto. That could be, that could be what is stamped at the bottom of, you know, it's, that's the letterhead, right? For psychedelic healing is, we can't change other people, but as I have evolved and I've changed that I resonate differently. I draw different people and different experiences to myself. I have more that is possible for me. I mean, something that woke up for me that I didn't know was in there uh, in psychedelic healing work was this, this deep need to express myself musically. And so I started taking piano lessons. I've got a grand piano sitting right there that I play a couple hours a day learning guitar. I take voice. It's just this woke up in me and it's this authentic expression. And there's no, there's no force. There's no needing approval from it. I rarely play anything for anyone else. It's just for me. And it's just a a beautiful part of what comes from this kind of blossoming that psychedelics can help bring. And that's, that's what I want to share. That's what I want. That's what I want other people to have an experience of when I talk about psychedelics. That's wonderful. For me, that's spiritual. That's that's, right there. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be, you know, calling in the angels and speaking to the divine. It doesn't have to be. I think this is spiritual. Yeah, I would agree with you. It sure does feel good compared to where I started. It is a night and day difference in an experience of life. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. 
Okay, great. As we are coming to end of our conversation, Shannon, I'm truly grateful for all your wisdom and everything you're doing. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back again very soon. Because I would love to. Yeah, would I would love, love to. to. Would love to build a relationship, uh, friendship, and relationship with our guests, and would love to have them returning again and again, and keep these conversations going. That's the whole point of this of this platform. So, perfect. Just let me know. Yeah, we'll be definitely uh, having you back very soon. Uh, in the meantime, as we come into the last sort of few minutes, what would you like to say? What would you like to share? Anything? Did we leave anything out that's really kind of there for you to to share? You know, I feel like we covered the bases really well. It um, it feels like a really good talk, and I I think I got across most everything that I wanted to say. I guess if I was going to recap, that you know if if somebody watching this is struggling with trauma that other methods aren't getting them to heal, you know, educate yourself, really educate yourself to understand what this looks like. Read my book <laughs> as a place to start. Um, and, um, and, and go from there because it's, it's, it's true healing really is possible. And with so many, with so many self-help things that pop up, you know, people get very excited about it, but they don't actually really think anything's much going to change, right? It's just something to be excited and, and lost in. And with this, you know, something real can actually happen for you. And that's um, that's the great hopeful message. How how often are things as advertised? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, we're definitely going to add it to our reading list because we have a reading list for our community. So oh, nice. Yeah, your book will be right there going forward. And thank I'm you. also looking forward to diving into it myself. And yeah. uh, and thank you for your generosity to sharing it with, with me as well. Wonderful. Okay, so where can they find you? Um, I'm sure we'll have all the links and the resources in the show notes, but just for our listeners, in case they are listening on audio on the go, where can they find you? Um, sure. So the book is on Amazon. That's the easy place to get it. It's available in print, ebook, and in audiobook. And then it's on all the major ebook and audiobook platforms. Any bookstore can order it, but you know, if you have access to Amazon, that's the fast and easy way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. And then you have your website, uh, shannonduncan.com. Uh, yeah, shannonduncan.com. I don't sell anything there. I just kind of describe the books and give links to where you can get them. And mm -hmm. uh, if they're curious and want to know a little more about me, that's there's a little bit of that there too. Excellent. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thank you again for your time and for your wisdom. Look forward to connecting very soon. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed this session. And uh, please do comment, share, get in touch with me or Shannon. Drop it in the comments. Don't be shy. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group, 
to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.